This is the Feminine Genius Podcast, a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. Nisa Estuar's life was changed when she received a devastating cancer diagnosis. Her perspective on God radically changed and she was challenged to shift her life's focus on God's glory rather than her own. When Nisa beat cancer, she took it upon herself to make her life a living embodiment of ad maiorum dei gloriam, for the greater glory of God. Whether it was her past work in parish ministry or her current work as the co-founder of Greater Glory Ministry in California, Misa desires to spread the message of what it means to glorify God through all that we do. In this episode, Misa shares her powerful testimony, her relationship to the phrase for the greater glory of God, and the story of how greater glory got started. Misa. Hi, how are you, Rachel? I'm doing so, so well. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing really well. Just such a joy to have you. This is one of a two-part series that I'm doing with yourself as well as Dom. And I know that both of you together make up greater glory along with your whole team. So it's such a privilege to be able to chat with you today, Misa. And I'm wondering if we could start by you introducing yourself and sharing a little bit about what you do right now. Yeah, so my name is Misa. I'm 30 years old. I just actually graduated this past spring with my master's in theology. I went to a school called St. Joseph's over on the East Coast online. I've been working at St. Paul over in Chino Hills, California for five years. I've been serving in this particular ministry that I'm in charge of for 13 years. So it's been a long time serving with the confirmation youth at our church, my home parish. I'm actually concluding that job in January in a couple of months. So I'm in a time of transition, which is fun. And I'm the manager director of a passion ministry project called Greater Glory. We just launched in July. I have a wonderful husband of three years. We just had our anniversary last week. And I have a cute dog named Mochi and he's somewhere here in the South. <laughs> That's right. Yes, you did mention Mochi and you know, how he might make an appearance on our Zoom call here. But no, thank you so much. And I know we're going to be talking a lot about Greater Glory because like you said, it's your passion project. It's a beautiful ministry. And maybe just even something that you mentioned just now, like I didn't realize that it started just in July. Like So right in the middle of COVID, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of just been a floating idea for a couple of years. And me and Dom kind of sat down and we were like, you know, let's launch. You know, we don't have everything that we need. We don't have the capital for it. We don't have all these resources. We definitely don't have the community time to even get together with some events anyway. But I was like, you know, we can't procrastinate what I feel like God's putting on our heart now. So we did launch it in July in the middle of COVID. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's so inspiring. I mean, despite all of the craziness and of course, you know, the lockdown and Mm. the suffering and what's been going on in our world, it just goes to show that God doesn't stop calling us just because we're all in disarray. So that is really wonderful that you have answered the call. Yeah, 100%. I think waiting for convenience was just, I guess it's never the option if you really think about Mm -hmm. it. When God calls you, he calls you and you don't get to pick and choose your circumstances. So yeah, you know, nothing is ever how exactly you plan it. But Mm -hmm. I think just launching was great. So I'm glad that it's here. I'm glad that it's open. Amen. Wonderful. Okay. 
Well, let's jump into a little bit of that, but maybe even just before that, uh, you had mm-hmm. shared with me your bio just before we had come onto this call and recorded, and I was so moved by it. And I was wondering if you could share with our listeners just a little bit of your faith journey, your testimony, and how you've come to know Jesus in the way that you do now. Yeah, I love, love, love that question. I feel like God is kind of given all of us a testimony to share and it is meant to be shared. So please, I just invite everyone to always be a testimony sharer. But grew up a cradle Catholic, didn't really have a personal relationship with God at all until high school. I just started getting invited to like random events. Confirmation was huge for me as well. I had a major conversion on the retreats I had. And now looking back, it was a very, very kind encounter with God. Back then it was everything. But what an introduction I think it was to the curiosity I started to grow. And I was like, I live a very simple life back then when I was just in high school. There was just so much within my group of friends that wasn't agreeing with the person I feel like God was calling me at the time. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make the commitment. And it was definitely not an overnight thing. It was a process. I started serving the church right after I got confirmed. And even then, I feel like there was a lot of new temptations with my pride that was happening as a minister, actually. So it was very conflicting for me at that time. And so I just felt gross again, <laughs> to be honest. And I was like, God, I'm serving you, but why do I have this like disgusting sin of pride that I'm dealing with right now as a minister? And at that time, God was really calling me away. So I took time off of that ministry, and rightfully so, I should have. And in that time, I got sick with cancer. And I was like, oh, we're just going to snowball here, God. <laughs> it's just going to keep going, huh? So I felt really distant with God at that time, the most I had ever been. Then on top of that, I got sick. And I remember going to the doctor and they sat me down. And after like months of tests, I was like, all right, I kind of have a feeling, you know, what, what is it that is going on? And they're like, well, you have a very rare cancer called synovial sarcoma. And I was like, great, never heard of it. What is that? <laughs> and oh um, where it is, because it was in the, my right mandibles or my right jaw. And um, and they're like, well, and the location that it's at and the type of cancer it is, you're about like a one in a million chance of getting that type of cancer. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And I just remember having this complete surrender to God. It was just the beginning of everything for me. It reset everything. It reset the pride I had. It reset my mindset. It just reset my motivation. And I was like, wow, I'm really actually facing death right now. You know, there's actually this quote from St. Teresa of Avila. And she says, remember that you only have one soul. You only have one death to die. You only have one life, which is short and has to be lived by you alone. And there is only one glory, which is eternal. Mm. And if you do this, there will be many things in which you care nothing. (laughs) So I remember that quote from St. Teresa just being like, you know, you have one very short life to live. You only have one glory you're chasing which is the eternal glory in heaven. I was like, that just resonated with me to change. And I remember this one phrase that we always say in ministry, every time we, we give a talk, we always say ad majorum de gloriam, AMDG, for the greater glory of God, translated from Latin. And I was like, that's, that's it for me. I know that there is one glory, one eternal glory that I'm chasing. There's always a greater glory that awaits, not even just in this life, but after and I want to live that way. I want to live in a way where I always know that a greater glory awaits. And so cancer itself, the journey was more and more encounters with God. But I think that started everything for me. And so 
that is in a nutshell, <laughs> I guess, my faith testimony for how it's multiplied and snowballed from there. Wow. Yeah, praise God. And I'm just moved and like shook up because I've had a couple of people close to me that I've lost to cancer. So it's certainly a horrible and just awful insidious thing that just roams the world among other things. But one thing that you mentioned just before we started recording mm -hmm. that I want to share with listeners, because this is exactly what you're doing right now, is that you feel that you obviously not only have this testimony to share, but the fact that you live to share it and you live to bring God that greater glory, I think is so striking. So when it came to that journey with cancer, I was wondering to whatever capacity you do want to share, like what that was like. You mentioned that you already felt distant. And then of course, on top of that, you have this incredibly unique one in a million chance of getting that. And, yeah. you know, that must have been even more devastating. But like you said, it compelled you to change, mm. which is, I think, maybe not the first instinct that people have, like when they're faced with something so devastating and trivial. That's good. Devastating is correct. I'm not even going to downplay the times where I was just shocked that this was <laughs> happening. I remember I went home and I could not hold it in. I couldn't even I didn't even want to process it. I actually just posted it like on Facebook and I just knew that I needed grace to work right away and I needed community right away, even though I had been away from it for a couple months at that time because I just isolated myself from church. And I remember I just posted it and I was like, I just need grace to work. I have been distant for a long time, but I know full proof that God's grace is, is evident in times like this where I feel like I need sufficient grace to fill in. And I am not going to downplay how devastating it was because it definitely was. I had people just come over and pray with me and I, and I couldn't even like pray with them just because I was just still shocked that we were praying for this. My mom would come in and she would just, she just like dabs her holy water on my face, like where my cancer was, and she would just walk away. And I just like, I was numb. I was like so numb. But I've always felt God kind of reeling me in. But there's this prayer that I feel like there was a speaker that reached out and kind of like introduced me to this prayer. And she was like, this is the, one of the strongest prayers you'll ever pray. And she looked me and, and everyone else dead in the eye. And she was like, three words. I was ready to take notes, but she, it was, she was like, it's only three words. Lord, wreck me. And I was like, ooh, oh, wow. that's gross. That's like so, <laughs> ooh, like, you know, it, that's intense. And I was like, you have to explain that because that just seems like a scary prayer. And she's like, you know, don't always think like, oh, God ruined my life. That's not what we're asking for. But it's also saying and surrendering, God, I want to go through any and all lengths for you to make me who I need, you know, you need me to be. Mm. I want you to wreck any and all parts of my life that are not of you or a reflection of you. And I'm willing to go through anything to make sure that I get to that place. And I was like, I am going to pray this. And I do all the time. It's very seasonal for me because I think asking God to, it's kind of a reflection of the book of Matthew where um, Jesus talks about the two foundations, rock and sand. You could build on rock or you could build on sand. When the winds come and buffet the house, there's only one house that stands and it's the one on rock. And I wanted to just kind of make Lord wreck me and make that rock foundation in my life. So slowly and surely with cancer, because the recovery was really hard. I had a surgery where it was like a 16 hour surgery. Let's say oh that my goodness. they, um, a little graphic, but they kind of, let's just say sawed out the half of my face. 
So half of my mandible was cut off. They replaced some bone with bone from my leg. So I don't have my fibula bone on both my legs, actually, because they had to reconstruct my face. They put titanium to make it as symmetrical as possible. They did a great job. And they said that you won't be able to obviously walk because you're we're taking two bones out of your legs you're not going to be able to eat or speak and all my independence was gone i was like wow i can't even shower on my own i can't use the restroom on my own i couldn't walk to the bathroom i had to have like a like a toilet right next to my bed and i always needed help and i'm a very independent person this was very difficult for me to adjust (laughs) i needed to be fed liquid diet for months Once I even started to feel better, I started doing radiation therapy on my face, which is one of the most painful places you can get radiation. Mm -hmm. And my whole face was just burnt to a crisp because of the radiation effects. And my whole inner mouth was full of sores. And I was being tested beyond belief. I know that I was just as vulnerable to the devil as I was to God. And I chose God every single time. And it was a very, very easy decision for me because of this encounter I was having with him in this intimate way. Mm -hmm. There was even a time where I was, I think it was from that very first surgery, because there was two back-to-back surgeries and the first one failed actually. So after that 16-hour failed surgery where they tried to reconstruct everything and something failed, I did have a moment where I felt like I was dying, (laughs) to be honest. Like when people talk about the light, I saw the light. (laughs) And in the room with me was my favorite priest. His name is Father Dennis, and he's a local priest here. And my favorite priest was there giving me my last rites. So many people who had been there for me and my faith journey, like my one of my Confirmation 2 facilitators was there, Mm -hmm. and my parents were there, and my husband, well, boyfriend at the time, was there. And I was like, oh, yeah, I I think I'm dying. (laughs) And um, I feel like God was kind of saying, you know, if I asked you to come with me right now, would you go? And I told him, yes. I said, Father, forgive me for all my sins. I had just gone to confession the, the day before and I got anointed of the sick the day before. And I was like, yes, God, for any and all sins that are on my heart, have mercy on me. I asked for extreme mercy. Um, mm-hmm. And I invited him in and I said, I, I would be willing to go right now if, if it was the case. And then I woke up. <laughs> I woke up and it was almost like God saying, well, you're not done yet. But I was just asking just in case. (laughs) And that's something I don't really share often. It's so precious to me. But that was a real encounter I had. And I promised myself from then on that I would never take my life for granted. I would never, ever encounter anyone or do anything without the greater glory of God being my mission. Mm. And that is how I think that phrase greater glory kind of came to be. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, I want to say that I've had the privilege of hearing so many conversations and just so many people's story. And of course, everybody's is so unique and moving, but this is really one of the first times that I, I just, I really have no words <laughs> and, and I I'm so incredibly moved. So just thank you. Like, thank you, Jesus. And, and it just makes me reflect on in our lives, I feel like we are given a myriad of choices. We are given a myriad of second chances. It seems like it's not even second chances anymore. It's like the millionth chance that God gives us. But, you know, when faced with that question, like, will you come with me? If I'm calling you home right now, will you come with me? Like, am I ready? Am I ready to face that? And I'm just so in awe 
And I'm really thankful for your vulnerability and your openness to sharing that because I think that if that doesn't jolt people into recognizing that our life is precious, as as you quoted from St. Teresa of Avila, you know, our life is precious and it's short and mm-hmm. we shouldn't be wasting our time with trivial things. Like everything we do needs to be anointed by God and it needs yeah. to point back to him. Yes. So absolutely. yeah, thank you. I love telling it. I will tell it over and over again. It's my testimony to share and, and everyone also has one as well. So I am so grateful for that encounter I had, very intimate encounter I had. And I think from then on, it has just kind of resonated with me. I'm not going to even try and say I've been a perfect person since then. That was seven years ago. And I've encountered more times of trial, more times where I've had to pray, Lord, wreck me, (laughs) you know, more times where God has wrecked other parts of my life that needed to be reconstructed. And it's an ongoing process. We're resurrection people, right? We always say that we are resurrection people. Alleluia is our song. We are meant to be Easter people. And so it's an ongoing process. It's not always going to be as dramatic as my testimony. It's very small sometimes how the Lord can kind of reconstruct parts of your life, reconstruct sometimes your career choices, you know, things like that. I mean, it's always going to be a process, but the yes is always what matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my goodness. That combination of the word reconstructing and choosing a solid foundation rather than something that will pass away like sand. At the end of the day, who is it that we're going to choose? Who is it that we're going to serve? Right. I think that this is really a, maybe an optimal time to jump into this ministry that you had these stirrings in your heart. And it sounds like there was just so much in your life that was going on to really not only back it up, but just kind of speak it into existence. Mm. So, you know, how did Greater Glory come to be? Like, how did it start and where have you seen it grow since then? Yeah. You know, I had been serving in ministry at the church and I'm enjoying the glory. I'm AMDG was still my saying and we said it and I signed off on it almost every time in an email or anything like that. And I had been starting serving with Dom. Dom started working with me as a youth minister and we worked together. Our dynamic together is just really, really good. We understand each other. We respect each other's strengths. I don't try to be a creative and she doesn't try to do things that I like to do. Like I like to make systems in place. I'm the like the managing director. So I do like to create systems and efficiency. And so does she. She's really good at that too. But she has incredible vision that I definitely don't have. And we don't interrupt any of that. And so I just kind of knew that. I didn't really choose a partner for this ministry at the time. It was just kind of a resonating idea. I was like, you know, greater glory is my mission. I do know that. I love serving the church. Don't get me wrong. I also just want to have a very free space to go into secular places. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To have Mm -hmm. pop-up events, to also minister in other various parishes. I think that was something that was really something on my heart. I was like, I don't know what this is, God. I just know that I love to manage things. It's a weird type A thing. (laughs) I am one of those people. And I was like, I really want to create a ministry where you could work freely, like, you know, where you have this creative control in any and all aspects where we can travel, where we could do missionary work, where we can go on pilgrimages, where we can consult other parishes with events that they need, where we can create a team for so many parishes. I think that's something I have learned in my time working for the church is we've done other retreats and stuff like that for other parishes. And my gosh, St. Paul and Chino Hills is very, very blessed. And not to say that other parishes aren't, it's just there's a lack of uh, team sometimes in a parish that exists and they ask for help and we're always happy to help. And we so we travel and we do different events and different retreats for other parishes. One of the things I've kind of noticed for the parishes that we have done 
an event for is that they were making their own team after a retreat that we did. And I was wow. like, that's perfect. I don't want you guys to hire us again. You know, I want you guys to create within your own parish. That's how you guys will thrive because it's from within. And I was like, maybe this is a thing. Maybe we could consult other parishes, create systems, create curriculum for them that they just don't know how to start. And there's just too many dreams, I guess you could say, with Greater Glory. We want to consult and help other parishes. We want to have pop-up events, pop-up community meetups where we do Bible study, where we just have coffee and have very spirit-filled conversations, where we have healing connection groups where we're just praying for each other. We lay hands and we just pray for someone. I just kind of want to have that space because I also want Dom to also tap into the amazing creativity that she has to make merch so we can spread AMDG through apparel. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is so many things. It's a, a huge dream. I didn't have any idea where to start. And I brought it to our pastor here at the church and he loved the idea. He said, please go for it. It would be great for our diocese to kind of see, um, you know, that you guys are a ministry that we could always ask for help. Mm -hmm. And my pastor gave me his blessing to do this because I was like, I don't want to disrespect, you know, the church or the diocese or anything like that. I'm not trying to stray. I'm not trying to make the church of Misa or anything like that. <laughs> I am indeed Catholic. And he's like, no, I think that's a great idea. I mean, we see this all the time. A feminine genius. We have so many outlets of Catholic creatives who are doing passion projects of all kinds. And I was like, okay, maybe this is okay to do, you know, because I know the church and the church only. So I'm like, I guess it's okay to make something like this. And so a couple years, probably two years of this thought kind of just came. I was like, you know, I think I'm ready to actually make this a thing. And I looked over to the office next to me and I called Dom in. <laughs> and I was like, Dom, what do you think about this idea? And we were just on board from the beginning and we prayed on it for another year. And so we made sure that this was definitely just anointed by God that we were not being selfish, that we were not using some of our own skills for our own benefit. We wanted to cleanse it as much as we could to make sure that it was for the greater glory and you know that it lived up to its name. We finally prayed on it and then we launched in July. So it kind of happens and COVID, you know, of course, kind of hurt a little bit of what we wanted to do. Actually, the week before COVID, we did an event at a local community center here. And it was like a pop-up event, very intentional attendance that we wanted. And people came by just for a prayer night. We talked about scripture. We had a little bit of a talk. We had worship for the night. And then my husband and my buddy Jason made burgers. And it was just a really Aww. cool event where we just prayed. And we prayed for COVID because it was like the week before we got shut down. And I feel like that launched us into the unknown that we're still in. <laughs> but that was kind of how everything started. Very humble beginning. We, we don't have everything in line yet. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the word that or the phrase, I, I guess I should say that keeps coming to mind just as you're sharing all that, especially how you were able to, you know, not only keep it within yourselves or within your parish, but the fact that you're able to go and share your gifts and your wisdom and time and talents with other folks elsewhere. And then it inspires them to create their own teams. That's spiritual multiplication. Mm. It's so beautiful and it's so important. I love how you said, we don't want you to hire us again. Like we want to equip you and give you yeah. these tools, this inspiration and the drive to look within yourselves and see like, actually we can do something like this. And then from there, it'll just kind of spread out exponentially. Yeah. In such a beautiful way. Yeah. That was the dream. That was definitely the dream is that we, um, we were seeing other parishes end their weekends saying, Hey guys, do you guys want to get together and make a team and do something like this for next year? And I was like, this is amazing. This is exactly what we want. Like, you know, I'm not here to make money off of your guys' hiring us for the weekend. It's like, no, I want you guys to 
to feel inspired as youth, especially for the youth to come forward. There's just been so many other parishes that I've seen. They still have their ministries going from that very first retreat that we left them on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is it. And that's something I hope we could offer, especially when we're able to do more physical retreats and stuff like that. But even if there's any curriculum that we can help with, that's something that we still want to reach out to parishes for. I think they're still trying to scramble and figure out what they want to do with their retreats and events. But it's still a dream that we're going to tap into one day. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, like when all is said and done, and of course, like you said, we're still in this really great unknown with COVID. We have no mm-hmm. idea. You know, at the time of recording this, we're still very much in it. By the time this episode comes out, I feel like we might still be in it. Good chance. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of, you know, inspiring other people, whether it is something like a ministry or even like a passion project, regardless of whether or not we're in COVID, I think that there's always going to be some level of unknown and trials and tribulations that will come up in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think for something like, you know, ministry or even for myself starting this podcast, there is some level of concern that we're not good enough or we'll never be ready. And yeah. we kind of push it off and set it aside and be like, okay, well, I'll address it at another time when I have more time, I have more expertise, I have more money. What encouragement do you have for people who have those dreams, have those ambitions, but are also maybe scared to really jump into the deep to pursue it? I always say that fear is very evil driven. That's just how I've always seen being paralyzed by fear in that way. The devil really likes to create, you know, a list of reasons that disqualify us all the time. And I feel like I have a very conscious mind where I'm very, well, I am a very stubborn person in general. (laughs) So when I do recognize that evil is speaking very loudly in my head, I have to, and I mean, I will literally start praying out loud just to make sure that I am silencing the noise. I feel like there was always something we always said about praise and worship whenever we would have like a praise and worship event in our church. But every time we pray, especially out loud or we sing, we're drowning out the voice of the devil. And I was like, oh my gosh, let's sing loud. <laughs> I was like, I want to defeat him as much as I can. I feel like whenever any of us have dreams that are, are huge, and I'm the first to tell you, I'm a very logical person. If I analytically look at something and to me it won't add up or it doesn't add up soon enough or whatever, I can be easily defeated personally. Mm. I just feel like God is way too infinite for my dreams to be listed and against what his will is for me. I know St. John Bosco Mm -hmm. said, all for God and for his glory and whatever you do, think of the glory of God as your main goal. And I think if we just simplify ourselves and our mission into AMDG for the glory of God, if we just make that the focal point, there is no measurement, I think, of what is successful or not. Greater glory could really just be as simple as it is right now. We're posting on Instagram, we're writing some blogs, and we're doing podcasts for like probably three listeners, honestly. And I feel like even then, for me, that is enough. If I am glorifying God, my mission is complete. You know, it's not measured in how many sales we had in a season for our merchandise. It's not measured in how many hits we got on the website. And I think we're meant to dream big. I think that's in God's design. I think with our design as, you know, a reflection of him in his image and likeness, we are clearly meant for something like that, for big missions. And so I want us to explore that, but with very intimate and very patient discernment as well. To go to even our Blessed Mother to say, Mama Mary, please take this and purify it and bring it to your son. That is something I pray all the time. And then it makes your goals a little bit more attainable just to know that it's backed up by the Lord. That's me with my very conservative answer. 
But I also think that conservative answer is the start and the foundation, the rock foundation to launch. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what you said there about whatever you do, like have it stem back to that greater glory. And, you know, especially in an age where everything is digital, everything is about metrics and insights and likes and whatever, it can be so difficult to feel like you're not making an impact. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure that many creators who listen or anyone who listens to this might feel the same way. But what I'm loving that you're saying is just the fact that even if it's only three people, it just makes me think of in Matthew's gospel, like where two or three or more are gathered in my name, I am there. And that in itself should be enough. So it's very exciting. And I have just such big hopes and dreams for you for greater glory and where it's going to go next, especially when we're all able to gather Mm -hmm. in person. So again, thank you for that. Yeah, something that really just resonates with me with the humble beginning I feel like we're having is in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus talks about the persistence of prayer. And he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And he tells that story of a neighbor who is constantly knocking because he doesn't have food for the people who are coming over. And the neighbor opens the door after so many knocks. And I feel like that's not to say that God is ignoring you for a long time. He wants to know your persistence. He wants to know your faith in him to provide. And so, you know, have your humble beginnings and your patience because, you know, it says so in scripture that God wants to know your persistence. So just wanted to also share that one. (laughs) Yeah, no, thank you so much. That's really beautiful. And it's just such powerful reminders that all of this truth is laid out for us. And he speaks to us in so many ways, whether it is through scripture or through other people. So, you know, I appreciate you sharing that. And just as I think about persistence, I'm really glad that you used that word just because for me, at least after hearing your story and thinking about the work that you're doing with this ministry, it is a great summation, like persistence, endurance, and faith that has really marked your journey. And, you know, maybe if we tie it all together and we look at it from the perspective of the feminine genius, your personal feminine genius, Mm -hmm. how have you seen that flourish in your own life? Oh, that's so good. I remember, I think it was JP2 in 1995. He loved talking about women in 1995. But one of the things he said to everyone at Peter Square, he said, women have a genius all her own. Mm-hmm. which is vitally essential to both society and church. And you mentioned those two things, society and church. I have tapped into, I think, serving at the church for the last 13 years. I'm not going to stop serving the church either. But that is kind of all I've known, honestly. To say greater glory is going to be its own thing and making it a business possibly. All of that has just been in an intimate discernment. And I want to tap into now that second part of what he says, society and church. I've done And I've seen the community and the teamwork that exists in the feminine genius of the leadership that happens within the church, how lay women step up and are so, so good with leading inside the church as well. I know that very intimately. I'm not going to ever stop getting to know that. But I also am just like, okay, I want to really tap into the feminine genius of me as a woman in society in general, especially with my husband, the domestic church that we're building together within our vocation, with praying for a child, with seeing how greater glory can flourish, even just like side missions and side businesses I want to pursue. Right now, I'm like reading a bunch of like financial books, which is a weird thing for me. (laughs) How does even financial freedom, because money is a very taboo subject. I'm like, how could I even use this taboo subject of money to even be a reflection of God's greater glory? And Mm -hmm. so when I think of my feminine genius right now, 
right now, I think in the moment, it's in a time of discernment and it's in a time of evolution, transitioning from a job and for the church that I've only known for the past 13 years of serving it. For me, it's just right now, very simple discernment and openness to the evolution of my relationship with God. Wow. Thank you for that. And just for, again, your testimony and for your openness. And I think that, like you said, being a woman, both in church and society, no matter what area we operate in, no matter what gifts, no matter what talents, we are necessary and needed. And it's just something that I hope is really driven home today and always for people who listen. But again, Misa, thank you so much. And maybe as we close today, would you be able to lead us in a prayer? Yes, I would love to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father God, may we just invite you into the space of stillness at the moment. Lord God, for this community that you're building here with the Feminine Genius Podcast, we are so, so grateful. We are grateful for every guest that has come on board. We are grateful for Rachel's leadership with this, for her ongoing openness to you, Lord God, for how you wish to make known to the world how important and vital all women are to society and the church. We pray, Lord God, that you just continue to bless us, to just have us always be open, Lord God, to what it is that the greater glory that awaits us is in front of us. And we just pray for openness to just know you, to know you more intimately every single day, for your greater glory to be revealed to us in moments that we are stubborn. And Lord God, for us to just always chase the greater glory that awaits in our eternity in heaven. We ask this all in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you again to Misa Estuar for joining us on the podcast today. You can learn more about Greater Glory by checking out their website, greatergloryministry.org. And you can also find them on Instagram at underscore greater glory. I've left links to these in the episode description below. Be sure to also tune in to next week's episode when we hear from Dom Almario, Greater Glory's co-founder. It's a story you won't want to miss, so please be sure to tune in. You can stay up to date with the Feminine Genius Podcast by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at FemGeniusPod. And you can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and many other platforms. All this information can be found on our website, FeminineGeniusPodcast.com. We'll talk to you soon, and God bless always.